turn to Proverbs chapter 1, please. Proverbs chapter 1. What a privilege it is to be able to open God's Word. And to pray together. In our introduction of Proverbs, Solomon has been telling us some of the many wonderful benefits of learning these wise truths. And last week we learned that studying the Proverbs will cause us, if you look in verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. Solomon said they will also allow us, verse 3, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. And that's where we left off last week. So now, by God's grace, we'll continue to learn the benefits of studying these Proverbs with the hope that by learning the potential of gaining these wonderful benefits, God will create a holy hunger in us for His Word, an excitement in our heart to gain the bountiful wisdom that He so graciously laid up in store for us here in the book of Proverbs. Solomon said, God gave us these Proverbs, look in verse 4, to give subtlety to the simple. To give subtlety to the simple. Now, the simple person is mentioned many times in the book of Proverbs, but the way we might understand the simple today, like a simple person, uh, it's probably not the way that, uh, that Solomon is trying to explain it to us. For example, a man from the country, he drives an old pickup truck, listens to country music, wears blue jeans, drinks iced tea, and has a low-stress type of life, he might refer to himself as a simple man. I'm just a simple man, he might say. But being satisfied with the basic things of life isn't what Solomon is referring to here when he speaks of someone being simple. The word simple basically means something that doesn't have a lot of working parts, okay? Like a Timex watch with all the gears and everything versus a seesaw, you know? Something simple. So it's something that doesn't have a lot of working parts, such as a simple machine or or a simple problem to solve. So when a person is said to be simple in the book of Proverbs, it is speaking about someone who is simple in the head. A simple-minded person. It's speaking about a person who lacks good judgment. Such, for example, and it doesn't have to be a young person, but, but a young person, for example, who on account of their lack of experience in life is naive. They're simple. Don't have a whole lot to work with up there yet. So God gave the Proverbs, Solomon said, to give subtlety to the simple. All right, so what's subtlety? That also is probably not the way we would think of it either. But the book of Genesis, when it spoke of the serpent, remember that beguiled Eve, it said the serpent was more what? 
subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And in that Hebrew word translated subtlety here in Proverbs, it comes from the same Hebrew root word used to describe that serpent. doesn't mean evil. The serpent was subtle. Remember, simple is complex. Lots of parts, complex. I'm sorry, simple is the opposite. Simple is not a lot of parts. It's something that's not complex. Subtlety, on the other hand, is the opposite. The serpent was subtle. He was complex in his mind. Complex in his thinking. Which is more subtle, if you think of that term? Would it be um, a worm or maybe an orangutan? I'd say an orangutan, wouldn't you? Yeah. More complex in its thought. Well, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field the Lord God had made at that time. So the devil used that serpent and the complexity of that serpent's mind, that creature's mind, to work his evil plan to overthrow the human race. There wasn't another person to possess, so he possessed a serpent. So God wants us to be subtle. He wants us to be complex in the mind, but to do so in a good way. He wants our minds to be trained. I'm starting to think of of chastened, that time through the the blows, right? He wants our mind to be chastened, to be trained and skilled so we can work out God's righteous plan. You got to be complex in your thought as a Christian if you're going to go very far. Not only that, but when the devil launches an attack against you, whenever he has the the wiles of the devil, they're complex, are they not? The devil's tricks usually aren't very simple. They're usually very cleverly laid. In other words, very subtly laid, just like he laid a subtle trap for Eve and for Adam. It was all thought out. And had they had the complexity of thought they needed, had they yielded to God's word, and, uh, and, and embraced, received that wisdom God had tried to give them, they wouldn't have uh, fallen for those traps. So when a person gains subtlety from these Proverbs here, that person will be able to think in complex spiritual ways. He'll be able to think deeply, profoundly in the Scriptures about life, and that's going to allow him to see through the subtlety of the devil and avoid the snares the devil lays for him. Y'all probably heard this old saying, you can't kid whom? You can't kid a kidder. Almost everyone's heard that saying. Jeremy, y'all ever heard that saying? You heard it right here first. You heard it here. That's history right there. We just gave subtlety to the simple, you see? You can't kid a kidder. What does that mean, you can't kid a kidder? It means you can't con a con man. Why? Why? Because the con man already knows the tricks. The common scam used today on people is calling them up on the phone. And boy, I hate that too, Brother Doug. And they say, you have won the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. You've won $13 million. Let's say $15 million. Let's just make it even. Even fifteen. The only problem is, they say, in order to get that $15 million, you've got to pay the taxes on that first. It's just just to make it legal. 
I mean, everything's ready to go. The money's in your name, Abigail, your name. Fifteen million for you. Think of all you can do for that. But we can't legally give it to you until you give us $1,500 in taxes, okay? Be more than that, but anyway, 1500 in taxes. And, and so now 1500 is a lot of money. But, but if you think that you can give someone 1500 and you're going to get $15 million in return, well, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> you may come up with that $1,500 real fast. But the truth is there's no sweepstakes money. The whole thing's a big con job. It's a scam. But now suppose that Brother Doug is the con man. Suppose he's the one that called Abigail and everyone else in here telling them they won the sweepstakes. He's called 50 people today. He's got a couple of them on the hook, and they're going to send them to send their 1500 in to Brother Doug. All right? He's tired. I mean, his voice is tired. He's been working that phone and working that con all day long. All he wants to do is sit down and have a bite of supper that Sheila made with that big steak, all that money they get coming in. And while he's there trying to have his supper, the phone rings. Brother Doug picks up the phone. He's tired, been conning people all day. He picks up the phone. Hello. Hi. You've won the Publishers Clearinghouse Sweepstakes. Now, what do you think he's going to do? Yeah. <laughs> he's going to hang up. He's going to hang up. He's not going to fall for that. You know that old trick? You can't kid a kidder. <laughs> and, and so, thankfully, though, with the Proverbs, you don't have to be a con man to know a con man's game. That's what Solomon's saying. You don't have to be a devil to know the devil's tricks. That's the beautiful thing. You can get streetwise spiritually without ever having to go live on the street. I had someone speaking broken English calling me the other day on my cell phone and told me that I owed the government money that was going to put me in jail if I didn't pay for it, whatever it was. Well, I'm no con man, but I knew that old trick. So, so I'm not going to send those people any of my hard-earned money. And when you study the Proverbs, it's like getting to take a peek at all the devil's little dirty tricks. Because they're listed in here. The Proverbs will let you in on how the devil goes about trapping his victims. So you can recognize a con job when you, when you hear it. When it happens to you. and You won't fall for the devil's clever lies. And uh, you can avoid... The damage that he seeks to inflict upon your life. A simple person is someone who thinks so shallow. Who's so spiritually naive that they'll fall for anything. There used to be, Brother Shepherd, there used to be, uh, when I first started taking karate as a teenager. Did you, you, did you have any siblings? Did you have a brother? Younger or older? Oh, me too. Did you ever try any of your karate chick tricks out on your little brother? You didn't? He was better than me. He was much better than me. I did. They always worked. They always worked. And there was a, a t-shirt that, that one of the students wore. 
in this class, this karate class I was in. It was called a karate excuse t-shirt. I don't know if y'all watched Barney Fife do his karate on Andy Griffith. But every time he tried his, his judo or whatever on Andy Griffith, it never worked. And he always had a good excuse for why it didn't work. Andy did something wrong or whatever. Anyway, so there was a karate excuse t-shirt. And it had like ten excuses why his technique didn't work. And one of them was, that technique always worked on my kid brother. And I, I so related to that because in real life, that technique's not going to work. But your kid brother is so weak and so simple-minded, they can't think through it. And they'll just fall for anything, go with anything. But uh, you know what the good news is here? Simplicity. Simplicity does not disqualify you from receiving subtlety. Simplicity does not disqualify you from receiving subtlety. Everything the Proverbs have to offer us is just like salvation. It's all given freely. It's all given by grace. And it all comes to us by faith. In fact, here's the good news. The more simple you are, the more qualified you are to receive the subtlety. Isn't that something? For the scripture says plainly that these proverbs are intended to give subtlety to whom? The the, the, the simple. God had the simple in mind when he, by the Holy Spirit, wrote these proverbs through King Solomon. So the the more simple you are, the more convinced you can be when you can say, these proverbs were written for me. Subtlety complexity of thought, profoundness of wisdom can be mine. Beautiful. To give subtlety to the simple. Are you simple-minded? Are you young? Are you sitting back here in the corner, don't even have a driver's license yet, haven't hardly experienced any life? All you've done is milk goats and sweep the floor your whole life? Well, that's great. Because you're just the type of person the Proverbs were written for. God doesn't give us subtlety because we deserve it. He gives us subtlety because we need it. By God's amazing grace, the sinners are qualified to be saved. And the simple are qualified to be wise. Solomon, that's good stuff, isn't it? Boy, that's good stuff. Solomon says the Proverbs give subtlety to the simple and, look back in your text, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. If you haven't noticed here, there's a direct correlation here between the simple and the young. That's why I've mentioned the young here. And this is because simplicity and youthfulness go hand in hand. You can't know all the tricks if you haven't lived long enough to learn them. You may be able to talk a little child into your car by offering him some candy. We've seen that before. We've seen examples of that before. Or someone coming and saying, would you come help me find my little dog? My little dog's lost. They'll talk some little child in or they'll have some ice cream. Will you come help? Will you come to my car with me? I'll give you some ice cream. They'll have a little child come in. Now, could you imagine someone walking up to Brother Shepherd in the park? 
with an ice cream cone. Will you come in my car? I'll give you some money. He's going to get punched in the nose. He knows that trick. Right? (laughs) Once again, the simple are the ones the Proverbs are intended for. Remember, Jesus said, the sick are the ones who need a physician, not the people who are well. So the Proverbs are written for young people as much as old people, maybe even more for young people than old people. But you know what's so neat about that? If you'll study the Proverbs, you won't have to grow up in order to grow wise. I'll say it again. If you'll study the Proverbs as a young person, you won't have to grow up in order to grow wise. If you'll embrace the Proverbs, you can have the wisdom of ancient men, even as a teenager. The Proverbs will give young people knowledge, Solomon said. And that means they'll give them the important information about every aspect of their life, not all the information they'll ever need. It won't tell them about computers and laws and things like that. But about every aspect of their life, it'll give them information that they live. And by doing so, they'll give that young person discretion. The Hebrew word translated discretion here, it means sagacity. And that has the idea of being farsighted, not nearsighted, but farsighted. And you can look far off into the future and think that far off. How, how far off does a, does a simple-minded person think? Not just, just for, they live in the moment. They, they can't think far. They don't have that complexity of thought. So they do what affects them for the moment. We think of people who commit crimes. They go commit a crime, and you think, why would they be so dumb to have done that? Didn't they know they were going to be caught? Didn't they know this was going to happen? But see, that's the thing. You're thinking more complex. You're thinking more farsighted with sagacity rather than the short-sightedness that these people who live in the moment are. A simple person's short-sighted. All they think about is how their actions are going to affect them for the present time. What kind of man was Esau? He was a short-sighted man. He was a simple man. He might have been a big, tough, strong man. You know, uh, might have had a lot of experience in life in some ways but he was very simple-minded he was he was short-sighted he he couldn't think any further ahead than his next meal it's as far as he could see and he all he cared about was jacob's soup how it was going to satisfy him for the moment but if he would have been far-sighted if he would have had knowledge and discretion then he would have thought further ahead And he would have realized he was swapping something that would last him a lifetime to receive something that could only last him for a moment. How foolish. These are the great benefits of the Proverbs of Solomon. Uh, And, verse 5, a wise man will hear. A wise man will pay attention to the Proverbs in this book. In verses 4 and 5 now, we're told about three different types of men, if you haven't noticed yet. Look back with me in verse 4, please. In verse 4, we have the simple man. And then later in verse 4, we have the which kind of man? 
the young man. And now we have what? In verse 5, the wise man. The simple man, the young man, and the wise man. But notice that at least in this proverb, there's no mention of the old man. See, he's got sagacity. He's got complexity of thought. He's able to think that through. There's no mention of the old man. It's amazing to me. And I believe that's because every young man starts off simple, but every old man doesn't end up wise. Y'all get that? Every young man starts off simple, but every old man doesn't end up wise. The difference is whether or not a man will hear, whether or not he'll take heed to the word of God. Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let that person hear what, what, what God has given him to hear, what the Lord is telling him. In God's great love, he's given us his word. And the, the young will be wise if they will hear, and the old will remain simple if they will not. Y'all ever met an old fool? I have too. Some people just never learn. They just become old fools. If you want to see an old fool in the making, though, just watch a young person who thinks he knows everything and won't listen to God's word. That's, a, that's an old fool in the making. Sad. You try telling a young person something and, oh, I don't need all that. I don't believe that or I know all that. That's an old fool in the making. But if you want to see a wise man in the making, then you watch someone who knows they're simple. Watch someone who knows they're naive, who knows they haven't learned the ropes yet, but who desires to have the wisdom of God. That's a wise man in the making. And you know what? That's how Solomon got his wisdom. He knew when he was a young man that he was a simple man. But as a simple man, he desired to be a wise man. So he could lead God's people as God intended him to. Keep your place in Proverbs, please. But if you would, uh, uh, turn quickly to 1 Kings chapter 3. You ought to know 1 Kings pretty well. 1 Kings chapter 3. Now watch how Solomon got on this wisdom thing to begin with. And consider it in light of the three men that were shown here in Proverbs chapter 1. The simple, the young, the wise, but not the old. First Kings chapter 3, look with me in verse 5. It says, In Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. Can't wait for Sunday morning. Learn about filthy dreamers in the book of Jude. But then giving the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Solomon already thinking far out in the future with sagacity. Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. Look here now. And I am but a little child. What's he saying? I'm a young man. 
I'm simple. He says, I know not how to go out or come in. So when he says, I'm but a little child, that's the young man. When he says, I don't know how to go out or come in, that's the simple man. No, 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 how to go out or come in. That would be like a shepherd leading. You know how Jesus said they would go in and out and find pasture, him being the shepherd. That's what Solomon's saying. I don't know how to lead my people in and out of the, of the sheepfold. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to go out or come in. Verse 8, And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered, nor counted for multitude. Verse 9, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? In Solomon's simplicity, he was yet wise enough to know that he needed God to teach him. And I believe that's why he later said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which we're going to cover when we get to that verse. So Solomon was a young man who acknowledged that he was a simple man. But because he sought God and understood that, the young man who was a simple man became a wise man. If we want to be wise, Solomon said we need to approach these Proverbs with our ears wide open, ready to receive the instruction of the Lord, understanding we need it. Now, according to what we just read in 1 Kings, whose teachings are we reading from in the book of Proverbs? Don't answer yet. Don't say, well, Solomon's. Remember, Solomon asked the Lord, he said, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. So who's he asking for this understanding heart? He's asking God. So where did this understanding heart come from? It came from the Lord. So when we receive Solomon's instructions here in the Proverbs, We're receiving the instruction the Lord had given Solomon. He's taking the wisdom that God put in his heart from that prayer request that night. And he's sharing it with us. And a wise man, he says, will hear this instruction. And what happens when they hear this instruction? Look back in your text. And will increase learning. That's back in Proverbs 1 again. Verse 5, and will increase learning. Now, this is a very important principle. For us to understand the principle of increased learning. You see, one of the attributes of learning is that we learn here (laughs) is that learning can be what? Increased. Learning can be increased. And if learning can be increased, then what does that tell us? It tells us that apart from God, nobody knows everything. If you did, it couldn't be increased, right? And so I was listening to an old man talk about a great tragedy that he went through in life. His dad had passed away, and now he was an older man. He went through this great tragedy, and he said as he was pondering on this tragedy he was going through, he didn't know what to do. And he said, I remember thinking, I wish Papa was here. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. This man was a wise old man himself. 
But he still wanted his daddy because he didn't know what to do. But he said that while he was sad and scared, wishing that his father was there to guide him, he says if he could hear his daddy say, Son, when I was with you here on earth, I gave you the wisdom I had. I taught you in the way to go. I gave you advice that I could as your dad. My time on earth is gone though now. I'm not there to guide and instruct you anymore. But son, don't forget. You have an everlasting father. You have an everlasting father you can turn to. And he said at that moment, he began seeking the wisdom of his heavenly father. And God met him in that situation and poured his grace and wisdom out upon him. A wise man will hear no matter how old he is. And he will still increase in knowledge. Look back in your text as we begin to close now and wrap this up. And a man of understanding shall attain. A man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. And that means he'll accumulate wise counsels. He'll store wise counsels up like he's storing up treasures. J. Leno had a, I I don't know if he's still living or not, but I, I know that at one time he had a big, big building and he attained a lot of old cars, a lot of crazy, expensive cars, and just, just, attained them like like they were some kind of treasures or something. But a man of understanding, what good are those cars? You're going to drive one at a time. What good are they? A man of understanding is able to appraise the value of God's wisdom. And he'll store that up in his mind, in his heart, like Jay Leno was putting those cars in that garage. Because the wise man understands it's more valuable that God's counsels are more valuable than anything else here on earth. Because they're profitable not only here on earth more than anything else, but they're also profitable in the hereafter. So he'll set his heart on attaining the wisdom of God above all else. And what better place to attain these wise counsels? What better place to just scoop in there and grab them up? than the great storehouse of wisdom right here in the book of Proverbs. And I, when, when I read and I studied for tonight and I'm reading these benefits, I'm thinking, man, I can't wait to get deeper into this stuff. And I think that's exactly why Solomon is doing this. To get us to where we kind of do like a dog does when you shake the food bowl. You get that saliva going. And us wanting to get into God's word and digest these Proverbs and get the heart That Solomon had. So we can say, Lord, give me this wisdom so I will know how to go in and to come out. With that, we'll go ahead and stop tonight. Take back up in verse.